Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T, and I hope you're having a lovely evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are. I am still suffering a little bit from COVID, so I sound a tad congested, but I will carry on. Approximately three weeks ago, at 2.55 p.m. on Saturday, September 10th of 2022, 59-year-old Debbie Collier, a mother to two grown children, a son named Jeffrey, and a daughter named Amanda, calmly walked into a family dollar store in Clayton, Georgia, to do some minor shopping for what looked like maybe an afternoon tailgate party for the upcoming home game with the Georgia Bulldogs. That family dollar store was 60 miles from the house Debbie Collier shared with her husband, Stephen, in Athens, Georgia. Debbie was wearing a maroon shirt with the number 34 on it, an orange visor, and black tennis shoes. She was also carrying a blue purse. I'm assuming the maroon shirt was an homage to National Football League player Herschel Walker, who played in the NFL for 12 seasons, was a Georgia Bulldog, and wore the number 34. We know this is what Debbie Collier was wearing because she was captured on surveillance footage from the store. At the family dollar store, Debbie purchased a large blue tarp, a refillable torch lighter, a reusable orange tote bag, a rain poncho, and paper towels. She paid for these items with a card, either a debit or credit card. After spending 14 minutes shopping, Debbie helped the clerk bag the items, left the store, got back into the black rental van she was driving while her own car was in the shop, and drove away. The clerk will later tell investigators that Debbie Collier seemed perfectly fine during their interaction. There were no notes asking for help furtively passed across the counter, no expressions of fear on Debbie's face, no hands shaking from terror. According to a press release from the Habersham County Sheriff's Office, all video footage obtained from the store and surrounding businesses reflect that the victim was alone in the van at the time she visited the store, end quote. Later that evening, when Debbie's husband, Stephen Collier, arrived home after parking cars at the Georgia Bulldogs game around 4 p.m., Debbie was not there. Instead, he found his stepdaughter, 36-year-old Amanda Bearden, who lives in Atlanta with her on-again, off-again boyfriend, Andrew Tyler Geigerich. Amanda was waiting for Stephen, and she had a story to share. Amanda told Stephen that Debbie's purse was home, upstairs, with her driver's license in it, but Debbie and her phone 
were nowhere to be found. Amanda also told her stepfather about a cryptic text she'd received from her mother two hours earlier at approximately 3.17 p.m., which would have been eight minutes after Debbie left the family dollar store in Clayton. The note came with a Venmo payment of $2,385, and it read, They are not going to let me go. Love you. There is a key to the house in the blue flower pot by the door. End quote. Stephen dialed 911 at 6.01 p.m. to report his wife Debbie missing and to share the Venmo story with the authorities. Here is a portion of Stephen Collier's 911 call. you had trouble hearing that, Stephen tells the 911 dispatcher that he came home, his wife wasn't there, her driver's license was still in there, the rental car was gone, and her daughter was at the house, end quote. Three other calls to 911 would be made that same night by two more of Debbie's relatives, her daughter, Amanda, and Debbie's sister, Diane Shirley. Shirley told the 911 dispatcher a story that her niece, Amanda, related to her about a car accident that Debbie was involved in a month earlier on April 30th. During the incident, Debbie was driving behind a truck when suddenly a paint can flew off the truck and careened into her car. In a flash, Debbie's car was subjected to a blizzard of paint spatter. Here's what Diane Shirley told the dispatcher. From my niece, she said that Debbie was in an accident about a month ago. The paint went everywhere, and the driver was trying to convince my sister not to tell the cops that he was driving because he was out on parole, and there was a stipulation to his parole that he could not drive, end quote. Note that the Athens-Clark County Police confirmed that Debbie Collier had indeed been in a minor traffic accident on April 30th. No additional details of the incident are available. However, 
It's unclear if Amanda Bearden's story about the specifics of the accident is true. It's also unclear if Amanda's mother, Debbie, ever told the police that day whether or not the ex-con was driving the truck. Later, on the evening of September 10th, after dialing 911, Stephen Collier and Amanda Bearden went down to the police station to officially report Debbie missing. The following day, on Sunday, September 11th, Amanda told the police she had her mother's iCloud details and asked them why they hadn't been able to trace her mother's GPS. She said in an emotional voice, and I quote, why hasn't what I've asked been done? Why isn't the GPS in her van being traced? Do I need to get a private detective to do that? End quote. Also on Sunday, Sirius XM Radio contacted the Habersham County Sheriff's Office to alert deputies that a rented Chrysler Pacifica van driven by a missing person had pinged in their jurisdiction at approximately 12.30 p.m. While tracing Debbie's driving route from her vehicle's Sirius XM radio, investigators found the rental van parked on the northbound side of Georgia Route 15 in Clarksville, about 13 miles south of the Family Dollar Store in Clayton. The vehicle was unlocked and unoccupied, according to an incident report obtained by Fox News Digital. The scene is an hour's drive away from where Debbie Collier lived in Athens, Georgia. However, Debbie's daughter, Amanda, arrived at the crime scene soon after in a hysterical state, according to police documents. She'd been given the location by the Athens-Clark County Police. Amanda told the investigators that her mother did not suffer from any known mental health issues or self-harm tendencies. Tragically, a canine unit later discovered Debbie's remains at the bottom of an embankment. They were a quarter mile into the woods and in a most gruesome condition stripped of clothing, perhaps to humiliate, lying on the ground, partially charred on her abdomen, with one hand clutching the trunk of a small tree. Debbie lay lifeless near the blue tarp and the orange tote bag she'd purchased the day before. The Habersham County Coroner's Office transferred Collier's remains to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation's Crime Lab for an autopsy, and GBI also received various items of possible evidence for enhanced analysis. Fox News Digital, from whom I gathered some of the information for this video, obtained documents this week that reveal additional details about Debbie Collier's last known movements. 
records show that her cell phone was turned off after 3.17 p.m. on September 10th. That would have been right after the Venmo payment was made to her daughter, Amanda. The documents also show that Debbie's cell phone last pinged at that same time, about 2.5 miles from a cell tower in Clayton, Georgia. After finding Debbie, investigators interviewed all the people close to her, including her husband, Stephen, and her daughter, Amanda. Three days after discovering Debbie's remains, the authorities served a search warrant at Amanda Bearden's house in Atlanta. It is unclear what the investigators found there, if anything. Amanda lives with that on-again, off-again boyfriend, 27-year-old Andrew Geigerich, and the couple is said to have a rocky relationship. Records show that there have been numerous DV calls to police from Amanda Bearden's residence over the past three years. On September 25th, so just a few days ago, Debbie's son, Jeffrey Bearden, broke his silence. He praised his mother as a beloved matriarch filled with joy and beauty, and he asked the public to end speculation about the case and to give detectives time to finish their investigation. He wrote, and I quote, I'm writing to request respect and privacy during the darkest and most harrowing time for my family. I have been incredibly hurt and disturbed by some of the reporting and information shared regarding the investigation into my mother's death. I will never be able to fully articulate the loss of my mother and what she meant to me. She was my longest source of love, support, and encouragement. My mother was a very vibrant and strong soul. She was a person who valued kindness, empathy, and understanding throughout her entire life. She went through life recognizing the beauty and grace in everything she saw and experienced around her." End quote. On September 27th, Fox News Digital discovered an unfired round about 20 to 30 yards uphill from the crime scene in a public area off Route 15. They immediately alerted the authorities and detectives arrived about 15 minutes later and placed it in a small evidence bag. The investigators say it could be unrelated because this area is part of the Chattahoochee-Oconee National Forest, I hope I said that right, where Collier was found. Note that there were no clear signs that Debbie had been shot. According to a former Miami-Dade homicide detective named Pat Diaz, a suspect or suspects could have dropped the unfired round on the way out of the vehicle's door. 
Diaz also theorized that someone could have forced Debbie downhill at gunpoint, but used something else to take her life. Diaz said it's not a recreational hunting round that you would normally find in the area. Also occurring on September 27th, Amanda Bearden's boyfriend, Andrew, told Fox News Digital that he and Amanda are living in fear, sleeping behind barricaded doors, and had nothing to do with Debbie's death. Andrew said, and I quote, We sleep with stuff in front of our front door and our back door because we didn't have anything to do with this. We're a little scared ourselves. End quote. The Habersham County Sheriff's Office has announced that Debbie's time of death occurred sometime in between leaving the family dollar store at 3.09 p.m. and when they discovered her remains the following day around 12.30 p.m. Note that the police have yet to publicly identify a person of interest or a suspect in the case. Anyone with information on Debbie Collier's case is asked to contact Habersham Sheriff's investigators Kale Garrison or George Kaysen at 706-839-0559 or 706-839-0560 respectively. Stay tuned because the Habersham County Sheriff's Office is expected to deliver a public briefing on the case tomorrow, Friday, September 30th at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Perhaps we'll be getting some answers at that time. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, now do me a favor, you know what I'm going to ask, please smash that like button, please subscribe to my channel, and leave me a comment.